This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We're back. Oh, beautiful scenes. Oh, yes. The dance is back. The dance is back. I'm loving this. This is great. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series. Joining you on the full-time whistle as Arsenal have beaten Leicester City 4-2 at home. No one had that scoreline down. You know, it was a pretty diff- it was a difficult scoreline to predict, in fairness. Most people had threes and, and twos and, and clean sheets. And none of those things happened. But Arsenal did manage to get four goals. There's lots to talk about. Plenty of performances to break down and discuss. And we're going to do all of that and more with the help of you guys, of course, joining us live in the chat box. We rarely get to do these, you know, on the whistle shows because usually I'm working. But on a glorious day off for myself, I'm very happy to join you on the whistle to talk about this game. Matt G, very simply, Jesus is fire. And what a performance from our Brazilian striker coming straight into the team. I think most of us predicted that this would be the game in which Gabriel Jesus would initiate himself into the Arsenal kind of goal-scoring records. And he managed to do that with what, I mean, I don't know how to describe the opening guy. It was just pure brilliance. It was just a lovely, deft, curling effort. Yeah, sure, it may have taken a slight deflection. Sure. I'll hold my hands up. It might have taken a very tiny, small, meaningless deflection, but it was great. It was glorious. And I enjoyed seeing it curl into the back of the net. And not only that, of course, was a very, I think what we're going to come to terms with is the Gabriel Jesus goal, which is this back post finish. We saw it against, I think it was Everton in pre-season. He just loves to latch on to the end of these. I think he also got one against Sevilla, I want to say. Uh, as well in the Emirates Cup game. He just loves popping up at the back post and and getting a goal. It's just where he kind of lingers. I I imagine that teams will start to get savvy to it, but he just knows where the ball might drop and he's prepared for it and he's ready to go on all of that. So that was fantastic to see. Uh, Stump Dragon says, Jesus is the greatest thing since sliced bread. (laughs) Indeed, Daniel says, brilliant stuff. Jesus is something else. Harrison says, I love 
this team. This was beautiful football. Uh, Dr. Nugs uh, says, Jesus, I could do with some nugs, I tell you, I, I really could do. Uh, a Mackie D for dinner with some nugs to celebrate. Uh, Jesus, Martinelli and Saka as a power three. You know, I feel as though there are going to be games where one of the three has a, a quieter game. You know, Bakaya Saka, I think, had a quieter game compared to his game against Crystal Palace. But Martinelli and Jesus stepped up. And that's what you need when you've got a brilliant front three, is that it's it's very rare that you'll find everyone's going to be on it. And you're always going to have one that perhaps is dipping below the others. And that was Saka today, but it was made up for by the brilliance of the others in the team. Uh, loving this new role for Xhaka, says Harry. Getting forwards, getting into the box. Let's talk a bit, a little bit about Granit Xhaka. A goal and an assist today. Who'd have thought that the FPL Arsenal asset to have would be Granit Xhaka, of all people, He's getting forwards, he's getting into the box, he's creating problems, he's passing his calm, he's still winning those free kicks, I like to point out, in our own half when he's under pressure. Yes, he made a mistake in the opening few minutes. That was a very Granite Xhaka and kind of esque thing, and we did get away with that. Granted, I'm not going to scoot around that. It definitely happened. But beyond that little error, I thought he was arguably up in the top three performances of the team today. Him, Martinelli, and Gabriel Jesus, for me, were the top three performers. But there was definitely some massive shout-outs to be had, and we'll go through those for sure. But Jay, uh, Xhaka getting forwards, the intricate pass in the calmness of it, getting into the box. Could a better number eight do more if we're being if that position's kind of that role's being given as much license and freedom and kind of threat as we saw in that role? Potentially, potentially we could see that, but I think we just got to appreciate what a good performance from Granite Xhaka that it was. Uh, let's scroll down a little bit to get some more on the ball comments and go to Noel, who says, Tom, we should get Madison and play him in Odegaard's role and move Odegaard's to Xhaka's position. It would suit him better. The problem by doing that is you would remove the inverted nature of, of Arsenal's midfield. Uh, Odegaard playing on the left, uh, Madison playing on the right. You'd lose the inversion. So I'm not sure tactically that that would suit as well. But swap those two over and potentially that's something really quite special. Uh, Seance says, uh, this is the position he plays for Switzerland. He's always been more effective for the national team. We'll definitely see the best out of him in that role. You know, I can't really disagree with you there. It's uh, He's flourished in that position and, and, and certainly we've seen that today that he had that great kind of, he had a real lack of burden that he sometimes has where he's kind of shouldering the passing abilities of the team. He could kind of just be free and I love that about his game today. Uh, Ram says, unlucky Saliba. Um, but yeah, he was calm as the sea. Uh, I, I assume calm is sort of clam, even though clams does quite work with your use of a sea analogy there. Um, but yeah, look, he was unlucky. I will say, you know, if I'm being critical, if that's Ben White in that position doing that, you know that all hell would break loose. Uh, absolutely. So to be even across both, you know, he has to be better. He's got to be stronger. He's got to get more onto the ball. But I tweeted out during the game that I think actually in that moment, if we're going to win the game and he's going to score an own goal and make a bit of an error like he did, I'm glad it's there. It might ground him. It might make him a little bit more objective. He's going to learn from that. He responded really well. He had a brilliant tackle on the, on the right-hand side of our field. I forget who it was against, um, but uh, he had a really good kind of recovery of possession pretty soon after he scored that own goal. Um, and it frustrates me that Madison scored because I was going to go down the route of saying that still no other team scored against us, but only we can score our own ground, no matter if it's whatever goal it's in. But unfortunately, Madison got on the score sheet. But yeah, look, I think it's going to humble Saliba a little bit. Mate, if he even needed it, I don't think he really needed to be humbled from Arteta's words in the press conference ahead of the game. It doesn't sound like he needs humbling. 
but uh, it will ground him uh, any more than he needed it to. And we move. But beyond the own goal, I thought he was absolutely brilliant um, and had a really, really strong performance defensively. Uh, and yeah, I saw it says Verified FC. Yeah, the channel is verified. Crazy. Uh, amazing. But uh, less about that, more about the performance. Um, Zach says, I'm in love with this squad. Absolutely. Uh, Aya says, when people give Arteta some credit, uh, I assume that means to be when will people give Arteta some credit. That was a beautiful performance. Absolutely. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic. We've got a new member in the house. Harry joins up as a new member of TGT. Welcome to the family and taking your seat, of course, inside the TGT Stadium. Uh, make sure you give him a warm welcome, uh, the rest of the TGT family. Indeed. Dazza says, how do you rate Tillemans' performance? Did he impress you and can you see improving the team? Ultimately, no, he didn't really impress me. Uh, there is obviously context around that. I think that he was playing in a team that he barely got on the ball. When he was on the field, he wasn't getting into the game. I think he perhaps was affected by the situation. Could I see him playing in that Granite Xhaka position and being more effective? Absolutely. Uh, I could absolutely see if, if you're going to measure Tillemans based on this game, you're not going to get a fair representation on what a kind of player he is. What I would say is that it probably it, it wouldn't have been a performance that's going to convince Arteta anymore to buy him. But I am not discouraged by this performance or this showing because I think Arsenal controlled the game for the most part and he wasn't really able to do what he would do. And if he was in that Arsenal team today, I think he would have absolutely flourished. So it's it's a simple one on that regard. Uh, Tony says, Martinelli was man of the match. People start getting your man of the match votes into the chat box. Who takes it for you? Is it? the uh, mercurial Gabriel Jesus, or is it Martinelli? Like Tony says, he says Jesus played great too, but Martinelli was tracking back so much and helping defensively. You know, for the, all the raves about Wesley Fofana, Martinelli had that guy on toast. Absolutely ruined Wesley Fofana. Made him look rudimentary in this game. Really did make him look like uh, an average Premier League defender. He had a really good moment, Wesley Fofana, when he created the opening chance after winning the ball off Xhaka. But other than that, he was just torn to shreds most of the time by Martinelli, who I think is certainly coming out of his shell. Great to see him score, by the way. That's absolutely key. Two goals in two games. End of last season, Martinelli wasn't scoring. You know, he went for a really dry patch. But two goals in two games for him, that is going to bring him absolute confidence. I think Jesus obviously takes most of the headlines. But Martinelli is, is a very, very big shout to, to be in with a man of the match shout indeed. Uh, John says, a few tweaks and that game could have been 6-0. You know, Jesus should have had four goals in the first half. I don't think there's any, any question about that. The one where he was through on goal after a brilliant ball over the top. I can't remember who played the ball, but the, the header down and then to strength with Johnny Evans to win the ball away. He's got to take that earlier, chip that over the keeper. And I know I'm... I'm not a footballer. <laughs> I'm coaching this guy. But, you know, if I was Jesus and had the ability of Jesus, a little little dink over the keeper. That's all that had been needed in that moment. And there was another chance on the left-hand side where he kind of finessed it. Ward did well to save it. He could have had four. And, you know, perhaps it's these chances that he gets in games where we start seeing that argument about his, you know, his XG is a lot higher than the goals he's scoring. But when you scored two goals in a game already, oh, you know, you're doing your job. You're doing your job. And I can't really be too critical. Harvey says, uh, Harvey, my friend, says superb performance from the boys. Hope you're good. Hope you are too, my friend. Uh, I hope you're fantastic. And I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks time, mate. Uh, let's go to Akshat, who says, to be fair, the match goers at least seem to be giving the due credit to Arteta. Super mix song was in full flow towards the end there. And of course, within that super mix, uh, mix song is 
the Champions League qualification lyric, which has to be the target. Absolute minimum expectation this season is getting us into that Champions League. And with performances like that, you know, and, and just removing some of those small mistakes, um, I think we've got a team that is absolutely in with it. I did make a couple of notes throughout the game. <laughs> Lo and behold, me making notes. Uh, we, uh, ben White was really strong. I hope that this isn't an injury that we have to worry about. Um, obviously, we've got Tommy Asu coming in, uh, which is great. But I don't want to see White injured. He did seem to be moving a little bit uncomfortably after he did, well, before he came off. But Ben White was absolutely really strong, really dealt with the right-hand side calmly. Um, and, and I think what we're seeing is we're seeing this kind of mould of the back three. Uh, and it is a back three. You know, when we did our preview show and Alex, one of our members, came on and uh, threw up his lineup, and it was a back three, he wasn't wrong. You know, none of us picked a different squad. It was just the kind of the shape of the squad that Alex differed with. And it was a back three for most of the games. Zinchenko, how have I not talked to... It's been 11 minutes into this show and I've not talked about Zinchenko. I said that Zinchenko would have a five-star performance and I can't fault his display. He was so commanding on that left-hand side, so tactically aware, so unpredictable. The inversion of that fullback role just suits Zinchenko down to the ground. He was... It was a world-class performance. I'm not losing my head. I'm not going over the top. It was a world-class performance from Alexander Zinchenko. If only he got that that volley on target in the first half, he could have capped it off with a you know a goal to back off his assists from last last week. But Zinchenko was just sublime, sublime with his passes. I haven't talked about Martin Odegaard either. You know, Martin Odegaard is a player that I think in these types of games can be perceived as going missing. That's not the case. Everything goes through Martin Odegaard. Every little bit of play, every turnover of possession, the energy, the pressing. Him and Jesus set the tone with the running that they give to the team. And it's just a little bit of intricate passes, the forward play, the progression. And, you know, you, you watch those games and you see these big performances from Martinelli. You see the big performances from Jesus and Zinchenko and Xhaka. And, and you forget about some of the performances like White and like Odegaard. And Odegaard is just... Whilst he doesn't necessarily bring the goals and assists, and I want him to, and you know, I challenge him to get double figures for goals uh, this season. I really want to see him get into double figures for goals. But you can't discredit what he brings to the team in those games and how important he is to the way that we play is so key. And so it's important that we don't forget about giving him credit. Same with Thomas Partey. You know, again, Partey, progressive. Exactly what we want to see from him in those games. He's kind of, the way in which Partey's being so much more disciplined in that number six role means that Granit Xhaka could play that freeway. Like, if it wasn't for Partey, we wouldn't be playing the way that we are because he offers so much in that number six position. He's just got to stay fit and available. You know, if we lose Partey, it is going to be a real problem as to who comes in. You imagine it would be Elneny, and Elneny did really well at the end of last season. Elneny, for all these positives, and, you know, I, I like I like Elneny a lot, he isn't of the level of Partey, and Partey just offers something else. The physicality, you know, in that in that position is absolutely key. Uh, let's go through some more of your comments. Uh, Odegaard is an enabler. It's a good way of kind of putting it. He elevates, you know, the performances of the rest of the team. Uh, Javier says, Odegaard is the passing hub and pressed well, but he's not really a guy that will command the stats. He's more of a team player than individual. I mean, he won't command the goal and assist statistics, but what he will command is your progressive passes, your chance creation, your passes into the box, number of forward passes in the game. That's what he's going to start to dominate. But he does need to start being... 
I say he needs to start being more aggressive with his play. But I don't know if that kind of undermines what he brings to it. If he starts being more selfish, does that mean we'll lose some of what we gain in his performances? He tried to take that shot in the first half that was obviously blocked, and that could have really been a great opportunity to score. I feel as though there can be more. I just don't want to see him compromise what he's really strong at giving us in these games. Uh, Dave says, what a contrast to the first two games of, of last season. Yeah, you know, we lost against Brentford away from home. We win that 2-0 game, the reverse scoreline. And in this time, first game at home, uh, and we win 4-2 as opposed to a team that we were dominated by in Chelsea in the first game at home last season. It's night and day. Yes, they're very different teams. I say that, you know, Palace are a strong team. And Leicester are a team with quality players. I still think they're going to be in trouble this season because they haven't made any changes or transfers. And, you know, they, they conceded six goals in their first two games now. But they're still a very decent side full of individual players that will threaten. And they did, you know, Madison scored his goal. Vardy is a complete diver. Like, absolute diver. If they were... oh. And I'll keep doing this and going back and forth because these like little brainwaves keep coming to me during when I'm speaking. But the refereeing was diabolical. And fair play to Mike Dean. You've got to give him a clap for turning over that penalty and get telling... I don't even know what the referee's name was. Does anyone know what the referee's name was? Can you throw it into the chat box for me? He was a forgettable man. That's what I'll say. Very forgettable indeed. I don't really want to think about him. Genuinely one of the worst refereeing performances genuinely one of the worst refereeing performances. Awful. Wasn't strong. Let silly little tackles go. Like the softest of challenges he lets go and then gives that penalty. What is that about? Darren England. Darren England. Barry Chuckle. <laughs> yeah. Um, goodness me. What a terrible, terrible, terrible advert for you getting. I assume he's new. I've not seen him before. I assume he's one of the new ones that has been promoted to the Premier League. Really, really poor. Really poor performance from him. And to be honest, I don't know about you, and maybe it's maybe I'm biased, but I thought Gabriel Jesus won a penalty. I saw the clip. I saw the trip. Yes, he goes down like a stereotypical footballer in a box when, you know, he's been clipped on the foot. But the, refer the commentary was like, he's been clipped. Not all contact is a penalty. He was tripped over. He, he was tripped over in the box, and it's a penalty. Like I don't really get that. I really thought it was a penalty. Maybe I'm being biased. I'm sure a lot of you are biased as well in our chat box as well, but I'm really sure. <laughs> I'm really sure it was a penalty. Uh, Purple Flex says it was a penalty. Um, he isn't new, apparently. Well, he's been forgettable, clearly. Uh, DJ says at least the VAR cancelled the pen. Mike Dean was the guy who told him to look at the replay who saw that one coming, eh? Unbelievable. Um, clear pen uh, says Dave. Uh, he says he's heard about it being a clear penalty. Harrison says I didn't see the penalty for Jesus, Tom. I would have liked it, but I didn't see it. Uh, Woody Wood says, why no card for Rafael <laughs> Vardy? Unbelievable. Um, I don't know why there was no card, but it was an absolute easy, easy decision to give. And he somehow gave a penalty for it. It was an easy overturn. Uh, VAR didn't even take a look as far as I'm aware. I, maybe it took a look, but they just, they did nothing by it. It wasn't a clear and obvious error, apparently. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good point. If it's a penalty for Mitrovic... It's the same level kind of contact in that moment. I don't really see why there's a difference in that moment at all. Uh, you can't. I know you can't give yellows from VAR. It's very true. You can't give yellows to VAR. So send him off. <laughs> that's, that's the solution. So you send him off. That's how you solve it. 
Um, there's over 1,200 of you listening into today's show. I'm going to go through a few more of your comments as well before we wrap things up. Um, do drop a like on the video as well and subscribe to the channel if you're new. We do daily updates at 8 a.m. Usually we do a reaction show at least after kickoff or towards the evening as well. We're bringing you more reaction tomorrow as well. There's no 8 a.m. show in the morning tomorrow because I'm working from 7 but there will be plenty of reaction in the afternoon. And we're trying to bring you a show uh, in around three to six kind of times as well. But let's go through some more of your comments. Uh, T-Log says, hi, Tom. I'm new to the channel. I'm nine. Well, fair play to you for jumping onto a channel, uh, my friends. And uh, thank you for subscribing. Well, I hope you've subscribed. But thank you, T-Dog. Appreciate that. It's a good name, T-Dog, I have to say. Max says, Tom, I think my bet, my best part of this game, were you in it? Did you start? Uh, was after Saliba scored the own goal, how the whole stadium clapped. Saliba, look, he's, everyone loves the guy. He doesn't have a, you know, there's no one that's sitting there and, and scapegoating Saliba, that's for sure. Not like we do with White sometimes and Xhaka. Everyone's behind this guy. He's got the full backing of the team. And, you know, I suppose one thing that I haven't necessarily talked about is the way in which every single time we've conceded, the two times we did, we responded. I mean, if I look at the minutes of the goals that we conceded and scored in, we conceded in the 53rd, scored in the 55th, conceded in the 74th, scored in the 75th. It was a brilliant response. And one of the big things about when Arsenal have conceded this year, or last, last season rather, is when we conceded, heads went, confidence went, and we started conceding more goals. Complete turnaround this time. Concede, go and get goals. Now, the biggest test, of course, for Arsenal this season is going to come when we ultimately do concede first. We haven't had that yet this season. That could come in the next three games against Bournemouth and Fulham and Villa. They're games we should win, absolutely. And I'm hoping that we take 15 points from 15 uh, available uh, to us. But it's when we concede first that the test is going to come. When we do concede that first goal, Will we be able to turn things around? Uh, and that's that's ultimately where I want to see the, the the metal of this team. Obviously, it's credit to Gabriel. Yeah, he had a fairly... Um, the reason why I had a little bit of issue with Gabriel, maybe it's just me, um, and certainly Ramsdale with the Madison goal, I feel as though Gabriel should do more to sh stop the shot. I know that we often talk about players diving in and not doing that in the box, but I feel as though he's, he's far enough away from Madison that he should probably get low to try and block what looks to be a shot or a cross. He doesn't really make a body shape that looks to be blocking enough of a cross in that moment. I feel as though he could do more to stop that. Ramsdale, of course, shouldn't be being beaten there. I do feel like the shot goes in the one place where Ramsdale can't save it, but you you can't really bring up an argument really um, to, to defend Ramsdale when you concede from that position on the field. But yeah, Gabriel, beyond that, I thought he was great. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. But it's just those moments, those small things that, you know, in the bigger games maybe do cost us. But you can't really fault anything else from his performance. Frantisek, thank you so much for the donation. The fact that Erdegaard has no assist or goal and we still scored four is a big sign of improvement of our squad. We played like the team again. And despite those two shaky goals, we dominated them. It's actually a really good way of, of talking about the game because Erdegaard was absolutely vital to the way that we play. And last season, we relied upon him for a lot of our creativity. The fact that we scored four goals and he wasn't in, in, in any of the goals or assists can be looked at as a bit of a positive for the team's overall creativeness and goal threat. I think that's a really important point. Uh, Noel says, Tommy Asu, unnecessary booking. I mean, it was a counter-attack. It's one of those yellow cards that you just take. Um, you know, they could have scored from a counter-attack and he's just stopped it, nullified the threat. And, you know, Wesley Fofana did that. 
against Martinelli, where you could say that's a needless yellow card, but actually it was a really dangerous moment and he probably did the right thing taking the yellow cards in that moment. Uh, Abeniza says, Ramsdale's near post is becoming a bit of an issue, one that we may have to keep our eye on in the coming weeks. Uh, Jason says, don't get me wrong, but yeah, I feel like we should find someone better than Ramsdale. I love the guy, but his shot stopping could be so much better. It's amazing because we used to rave about his shot stopping when he first came in, made some amazing saves. And now it's being brought up as something. Let's just keep tabs on it. Let's see if it's something that needs to become a talking point in the weeks to come. You know, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to change much about uh, Ramsdale in the goalkeeping position. So let's just keep an eye on it. Let's not kill the guy for it now and, and move forward. Uh, Leonard says Arteta ball in full effect. Wenger ball like attacking Man City, like pressing Arteta has learned his lessons from two masters of the game. Well. If this is what we can expect from the style of play, I mean, look, there's no questions about the style of play of Arsenal. That used to be one of the big, big questions about Mikel Arteta's Arsenal. Can't see the style of play. Can't see what we're doing. Now you can clearly see the style of play. It's intricate. It's quick passing. It's high press. It's using the wide areas dangerously. It's fluid. Players know where they need to be. And it's not one position. It's all over the field. Zinchenko's a left back and a centre mid and a left winger and an attacking midfielder. Jesus is a striker and a left wing and a right wing and a centre midfielder. Odegaard is everywhere. You know, it's all of these different types of roles. White back, white back? <laughs> right back, white is a right back and a centre back and sometimes even push forward into midfield. You know, it's the fluidity. It's the interchanges of play. Uh, and in the All or Nothing series, when we saw him do that exercise where he's like, memorize the two formations and tell me what you can remember. Everyone remembers kind of the first formation, but the second formation they don't. It's about trying to memorize all the different types of positions the players can be on the pitch so that when you're on the ball in a certain area, you know that you can play a pass quickly and another teammate will be there. The top tops, like when you play on, on a Sunday league or you're playing your five aside or your seven aside, 99% of you, I'll give 1% of you credit, but 99% of you have to look to find your teammates because that's the difference between the top, top players and the world-class players and the professional players and the rest of us. We have to look for the pass. But ultimately, these players need to be out of a mindset that they know where their teammates going to be because they practice, practice, practice every single day on the training ground, different situations, different positions on the field, they know quickly where their teammates are going to be. And Arteta is drilling that into them and absolutely drilling into the players where they need to be on the field and where their teammates are going to be on the field as well. Uh, let's go. So as Brendan says, too many lapses in concentration defence, but overall good performance. Still have a long way to go. And you know me, I never give a 10 out of 10 performance. There's always room for improvement and potentially, yeah, defensively in this game in particular is, is where we can improve for sure. Uh, Dave says six points plus four goal difference. Happy days. David says, what grade would you give Ramsdale for today's game? Probably a six, to be honest. You know, he's probably our weakest performer. Um, there was a couple of moments, you know, he was rash in the penalty. Uh, and the uh, the goal, obviously, he shouldn't be being beaten in that position. So probably a six. Uh, there was also a couple of moments distribution-wise that I would question. So yeah, probably our weakest performer on the day, to be fair. But still, you know, I don't want to linger on negatives. Uh, I think that he was, he still did good things right. Still, was a, he pulled off a big save at the start from the Fafana chance. Uh, there was a chance in the second half he saved really well. So look, if we're going to be balanced, there were some things that he didn't do great. But absolutely, uh, there were things that could be uh, that, that should be lauded and praised. And I think that's worth doing. Uh, Mafia Boss, thank you so much for your kind donation. Appreciate the support in the channel as always. Lord says Rambo will get better. 
Uh, you work on that during training. Tillemans needs to be signed. Elneny is not competition for Xhaka. I, I am intrigued what, and the man that we've not talked about because he was the man that wasn't there today, Fabio Vieira, what he's going to bring to this team. It's exciting. It's really, really solid uh, what we can bring in the depth, what we can bring to this team with who hasn't played. You know, Pepe didn't get on the field today. Uh, Lekonga didn't get on the field today. Emil Smith-Rowe came on towards the end. Fabio Vieira not being in this squad, despite being frustrating, is exciting because we've got a player that can play right wing, left wing, centre mid, attacking midfield, false nine. You know, he's popped up in the number six role for Porto at times. This guy is special and he's not yet in the team. And I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to things. He's going to be motivated. He's going to be driven. He's going to be able to, he's going to be just, what's the word? Chomping at the bit to get onto that field. And Fabio Vieira, when he finally gets into this team, is an exciting prospect. Frustrating he didn't get in the squad today. Hopefully, next week is when he will. Uh, 1300 Scarface says, love how the fans got behind Saliba after the own goal. Must be very reassuring as a young centre-back. Absolutely. Can't disagree with you. The Real Yanis, good to see you pop up in the chat, my friends. Uh, as always, long-time listener of the channel and very big supporter indeed. Saliba with an own goal and he's still got an 8 out of 10 for me. This performance reminded me of City against Leicester a couple of seasons ago. It's about kind of in these moments that they aren't perfect defensively. We do make mistakes. They need to be improved. We know that. We know what we did wrong. We know what we need to improve on. But it's actually still seeing the positives that we can take from these games and that we still can go through to the next game and bring so much more to our performance. Uh, Seon says, my favourite moment was the huddle the players had while celebrating the second goal. Great team spirit. DSR Review says, uh, last 15 minutes, the first half, Arsenal's touch inside the opposition penalty area reminds me of prime Man City against us. Junior says, question, is it even worth considering Tillemans as a Xhaka replacement, considering he isn't actually much of an upgrade? It's a good question. And look, I've, I've talked about this at length. Tillemans, to me, is not a serious upgrade on Xhaka. In certain games, he doesn't even start over Xhaka. And that's a credit to Xhaka. But for me, it's probably the weakest area of the team in terms of quality and depth. Not in terms of just depth. You know, striker is an area that we lack genuine depth. We've got a lot of players that can play in that Xhaka position. But the quality of that depth is what's questionable. So I would add Tielemans because I think he's an obvious replacement. If we were going to go and pick, you know, dream player, go get me Milinkovic Savic all day long. But I'd go get Tielemans. I think he adds quality. I think he adds variation and dynamism that we don't necessarily have. While Shaka was really good getting forwards, you know, if Tielemans was in that team today, I think he would have caused big, big damage. Uh, and that's the difference between what you've got to consider between a player that's playing in a team that was dominated and a player like Shaka that was obviously playing in a team that was balling absolutely balling today uh sj says that prime drink is obviously working well on the players <laughs> what's it red bull uh, mvr says tom i'm feeling very confident about the league some might say delusional let's go get a second uh yeah look indeed uh skcd says definitely agree seeing how well Xhaka is playing makes me wonder why we would be signing tulemans but i also think we need that depth john p says zinchenko is miles better option than tulemans for that spot you know Zinchenko had a great game today playing an inverted fullback role. Xhaka then occupied the left-back role at times when Zinchenko got forward. Not very often, and not as often as he did do in the Sevilla game in pre-season. I just feel like we need more. I just feel like we need something more. I just feel like we need another player just to add that little extra bit of depth. Because you know, if Xhaka gets injured, suddenly we're like, hmm, Elneny, Lukonga. You know, I like Lukonga. I think there's more to come from him. But I'd feel a little bit more buoyed and encouraged and safe and secure if we had a Tielemans as an option as well. 
It's just kind of how I'm feeling about the midfield right at the moment that we are in. Thank you to everybody that's tuned in. Before you go, please just, just tap that like button. It really, really does help us out on the channel. And uh, I hope you appreciate all the effort and work that goes into making the channel as good as it possibly can be. But you guys, ultimately, the main reason why we get to do this and why we have such a great community feel about it. What a great start to the season. Could not really ask for more than we've got. Of course, there's still a long way to go. Of course, there's a lot more we can improve on. Of course, we can kind of stamp out some of the individual errors that are still there. And ultimately, you know, it's never going to be perfect. But I think there's so many, many good things that we can take from this performance. So much to be excited about, especially when you consider that our one of our best signings of the summer in Fabio Vieira is not even in the team yet. Um, but, you know, Ramsdale could be better. White, top, strength, really strong. Don't, don't let people talk down to you about Ben White. Really, really strong player. Saliba, made a mistake. Other than his mistake, brilliant. Gabriel, could do better with the uh, the goal, I thought, with from Madison. Could stop it. But other than that, really strong. Zinchenko, world-class performance. Absolutely top. Xhaka, brilliant. Partey, great. Um, Saka, quiet. Could do more. I think we can get more from Bakaya Saka. Absolutely. Jesus, out of this world. Try telling me this guy's not world-class. Try telling me we've not signed a world-class player. We've signed a world-class player. He's a marquee signing. Absolutely a marquee signing. Gabriel Martinelli, electric gets my man of the match performance for me thank you so much for tuning in i'll see you again not tomorrow morning at 8 a.m because i'm working but i will be joining you in the afternoon in the evening at some stage so do indeed join us then i'll see you again very very soon people have a fantastic evening enjoy it you've earned it and as always up the arsenal It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.